When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Monday, June 14th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tri-beat writer. Hoynesy, this weekend against Seattle, we got uh, we got to see a little bit of everything out of the tribe. We got to see the good uh, in the, you know, Aaron Savali's pitching performance and the uh, the comeback ability of the the team to, to sort of rally there on, on Saturday, uh, an exciting win. And then we got to see the ugly and the potential for you know, what could go wrong with this team when one of the starters goes short like Shane Bieber did on Sunday. Actually, he didn't even really go short. He just wasn't very effective. Something we're not used to seeing out of Shane Bieber. Uh, the Indians take two out of three against the the Mariners, but uh, Sunday's loss sort of leaves them feeling, uh, you know, sort of, sort of worried about what's coming up in the next few days. Yeah, you know, I, I agree, Joe. Uh, you know, they, they're coming off, uh, they win the first two against Seattle, they're coming off a lot of momentum. Uh, Saturday's, you know, comeback win. They, you know, rallied for down, were down four nothing, and came back and went, you know, tied it in the ninth, won it in the tenth. You know, following, you know, really, you know, a, a, a real sh- short start by Tristan McKenzie, two thirds of an inning, and uh, you know, nine and a third inning, great innings by the bullpen, and then you've got your ace on the mound uh, Sunday, you know, going for the sweep, and it doesn't happen, and. You know, the second time that Seattle has beaten uh, Bieber this year, you know, they have a real good approach against them. Uh, you know, they, they went the opposite way and Bieber was not at his best. So now you're looking at four games against Baltimore. Usually, you know, you, you figure the Indians would be favored, but, you know, the, they lost three out of two out of three in, in Camden Yards just recently to the Orioles. And you've got a rotation that, is uh, teetering right now to be, to use a, I think, to be honest. Yeah. Right now you've got JC Mejia going Monday, uh, Cal Quantrill going Tuesday. Uh, you get maybe a little bit of relief with Aaron Savali going on Wednesday. And then as of right now, uh, a lot of uncertainty on Thursday. There's, there's no announced starter for that game. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be a bullpen game or if they're going to call somebody up to, to make a start, uh, maybe like a Kurt McCarty or something out of, out of AAA. But right now, there, there are way more questions than answers about the Indians' rotation, uh, particularly after Tristan McKenzie had another awful start. And, and what's going to be the next move for, for McKenzie? When will we see him again? 
or should we see him again anytime soon? Well, I think we'll see him again, Joe. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. They need to, they need to kind of set their mind on and just let this kid be, you know, let him go down to Columbus, make three, four, five starts, get his act together. I mean, Joe, his batting average against is only 188. The league is only hitting 188 against this kid, but he, he's walking the ballpark. And, you know, after Saturday's game, he said he was overwhelmed by the size of the crowd. I mean, there was 20,000 people there and they were loud, but I mean, if the Indians are going to get where they want to go, he's going to be pitching in front of big crowds with who are noisy and loud. And, uh, you know, I, th I think he just got it, you know, the game got away from him. And to me, that's kind of a red flag. And you got to just let the kid pitch. You got to remember he's only made one start in Triple A. You know, this is a kid you really skipped AAA, basically pretty much skipped Double A too. And he's up in the big leagues. He's got talent, but you've got to take care of that talent now. Yeah, we've seen it. There's something there. Uh, Chris Antonetti. Uh, reminded us, hey, he set a club record for consecutive strikeouts in one of his outings. It's, it's not like they're they're trying to make him something he's not. He is the kind of pitcher that they expect him to be. He just hasn't shown that in a consistent basis this year. Uh, it, it's concerning when he says something like, "I was overwhelmed by the crowd" and, and that kind of thing, because that you, you you that's something that you have to fix between the ears, not something mechanical or on the field that you have to fix. You know, I go back to Logan Allen at the beginning of the year. He came out, you know, of spring training pitching so well. And we thought, oh, this is this is perfect. It's a it's a piece to the starting rotation that you can just put him in there and let him go. And then he sort of got, you know, caught up in things. And you could tell between the years he was not right. And he's been, uh, you know, down with the in AAA since then. And I, I just hope that McKenzie can get things corrected and get on the right path and then start to show them, hey, at AAA, because his one his one AAA start, he, he proved that he was, you know, pretty dominant at that level if he wants to be. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if you – have you ever seen the movie uh, For Love of the Game with Kevin Costner when, when, he, when he's on the mound and he goes, clear the mechanism, yep. you know, and shuts everything out? And, I, you know, I know that's just the movies, but that, I think, you know, Tristan has to learn how to do that. Yeah, definitely. He has to press the reset button for sure. Uh, that brings up a big question with the the sort of need there in the rotation. And, you know, we're, we're still 45 days away from the trade deadline. Do the Indians go out and trade for or acquire or somehow sign, bring in a veteran, a guy that can eat up some innings in the fourth or fifth spot in that rotation? Yeah, you know, I think they're going to have – they have to look, you know, obviously – uh, when uh, the reporters talked to Antonetti uh, yesterday, Sunday after Sunday morning, um, he said they are exploring, you know, they owe it. That's part of their job, you know, but to me, you know, I, I just don't see them going out and get making a significant deal that would, you know, bolster this rotation. I, I don't think they're going to take on payroll and uh, you know, they've got police act on the back burner, you know, maybe he's three to four weeks away. And maybe they think they can weather this storm and uh, wait till Plesak gets back to give him three solid starters. Maybe then McKenzie has got his act together and they bring him back up and he helps out. But, uh, you know, you know, we've talked about this before, Joe, maybe, maybe they get a, you know, a, 
uh, you know, a, uh, a 4A guy, a, a guy maybe like a Scott Casimir, a guy that, you know, that the Giants just uh, DFA'd and, you know, that, you know, is kind of has his, it was coming back this year after a long layoff. Maybe he could, you know, fit in there for a little bit, but, you know, I just, I just don't see him making a, a big splash. Yeah, it's certainly not a big splash. If it's, if it's a move, it's going to be one that doesn't sort of, you know, make people stop and think about it. It's something under the radar, but, you know, Antonetti has said that they want to sort of fill that role and fill that need from within, from within the organization. And right now I think the options are looking pretty thin, uh, you know, down at the AAA level and, and even below that. Uh, yeah, I got to, I got to wonder if, if they're reaching a, a sort of a critical mass point with, with this rotation where they have to make a move that they don't want to make. And, and, you know, that's, that's concerning. I, Antony said in his remarks on Sunday morning, uh, he was asked about how the, the financial impact of the pandemic, you know, a year later, how, how things are still going. And he said it was very real and it was very massive and that he doesn't think that they're going to fully realize what that, impact was on, you know, for the next couple of years still. Uh, so, you know, that's another thing to consider is that they might not have the resources to go out and, and get a player. Yeah. And uh, definitely he said, you know, this is going to affect the, you know, the pandemic is going to affect them for years. You know, they've already got one of the lowest, if not the lowest payroll in, in the big leagues, they've been cutting payroll for the last three or four years. So, you know, to, to see, to say they're going to make a move, I, I, I think that's a stretch and, uh, you know, and, and is this club good enough to, to deserve them to make a move, you know, and I know that that sounds harsh, but have they put themselves in a position to catch the White Sox to, to win the division and, and right now they're five and a half games out, uh, you know, they played very, very well, I thought in, in, in April and May, I thought they played over their head. You know, they were a thin lineup. They were thin on talent to begin with, Joe. They didn't have that depth. And if they had injuries, you know, it was going to hurt to crucial players. It was going to hurt them. And that's exactly what happened. Please say, Franmil Reyes, Roberto Perez, you know, uh, guys like the, uh, Luplo. Uh, I mean, they've lost some key players and they, they have been unable to replace those guys, except maybe Hedges. You know, Austin Hedges has done come in and pretty much done what, what, what Roberto Perez has done. Maybe Roberto would have been a better, a better offensive player. Well, you, you asked the question, is this team good enough? Uh, right now, yeah, obviously in the division, they are uh, five and a half games back of the White Sox. They are still, what, they're 10 and a half up, or they're, they're five, I'm sorry, five games ahead of uh, Kansas City. So they're, they're pretty well entrenched in that second, uh, second spot. But they are chasing right now. Boston and Houston are the wild card uh, teams in the American League. Uh, Boston a game and a half up on Houston, and Houston a game and a half up on Cleveland for that last spot. And the Indians are a game and a half up on Toronto. You know, everybody talks about Toronto's wonderful offense, and they're they're an exciting young team. How great they're doing! Toronto's thirty three and thirty. The Indians are tw- uh, thirty four and twenty eight. The Indians are a game and a half up on the uh, the Blue Jays right now. They are the only team within, you know, spitting distance of the the wild card with a negative run differential. They're negative eight. Every other team is, you know, plus a lot more. 
in, in run, run differential. I mean, the Blue Jays are plus 50, and they're a game and a half behind the Indians for the last wild card spot. Yeah, so that's why, you know, it is, it's, it's so critical for them to try and get this rotation, you know, patched up and, and you know, it's, it's kind of listing the one side. And I don't know if they can, Joe. I, I just don't know how you fill three spots in a rotation. Fleisak comes back, okay. You know, and he's, but is Mejia going what to, what, what do they have in J.C. Mejia? What do, we, what do they have in, in, in Cal Quantrill? I mean, are these guys, you know, that, that are both, they're going to start the first two games of the Orioles series, but what, what are they going to get out of those guys? There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. <laughs> so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Well, and you used to know what you were going to get out of Shane Bieber. Uh, Yesterday, it kind of all collapsed on him with the approach that the the uh, Mariners took against him, sort of hit him the opposite way. Uh, his curveball wasn't as effective as it has been. Uh, we did, we hadn't seen him give up two home runs in a game uh, on his curveball ever, and that was uh, that was a first that happened yesterday. Um, just you know, and, and I know that the the league cracking down on sticky substances that is coming. That's you know that's coming this week is when it's supposed to to really hit, but. Uh, you know, what does this mean for, for Shane Bieber? Is he going to continue to be the effective pitcher that we saw over the first two months of the season? Yeah, you know, and uh, you, you, you've got to wonder. I mean, I think uh, with, with MLB's crackdown coming, you know, offenses kind of, you know, throughout the, throughout the league, throughout the big leagues, has, has taken a spike a little bit. Uh, with pitchers, you know, I think they've probably been scared off of uh, – using uh, any foreign substance, anything to get a better grip on the ball. And, uh, you know, we, we have no knowledge of Bieber, you know, doing that or, or you know, but the, the, it has, you know, that Francona made it clear that before the last road trip, they, they told their pitching staff what is coming down. The, the warning was, was out there. The red flag was raised. So, you know, have, have, so 
you know, we'll have to see. You know, I think it's too early to jump to conclusions with Bieber. Let's wait and see, uh, you know, what his next two or three starts, you know, reveal. Right. And if that were the case, if, and we're not saying it is, but if, you know, spin rates start to drop like we've seen uh, Garrett Cole, we've seen, uh, you know, Shane Bieber, according to yesterday's start on StatCast, uh, the spin rate was was not the same as it was. If, if that's the case, you know, how's that going to affect offenses moving forward? Uh, teams teams are going to sc- uh, start scoring more runs, being able to put balls in play more. The strikeouts are going to drop uh, slightly. It, that That's what we should see uh, moving forward. And, I, I, you know, I think it, the pendulum will start to swing back a little bit towards the middle, uh, I guess, uh, in terms of uh, the, the competitive advantage. And, you know, teams are going to find a way, regardless with this whole sticky substances thing, to, to try and get around it. Uh, I've seen reports out of New York and, and other places where uh, now the catchers, you, you're going to have to start inspecting the catchers as well because the catchers will have the, uh, the pine tar or whatever, uh, you know, a spot on their glove, and they'll just give the ball back to the pitcher loaded up with the stuff uh, th- themselves. Yeah, you know, uh, the... the... You know, the, the old legend was, uh, you know, with those great Indians teams in the uh, 1990s, 19, you know, from 1995 on, Tony Pena, you know, was when he was behind the plate, he, you know, that's where the source was. Either he had, you know, his glove was had pine tar or he'd, he'd nicked the glove, nicked the ball with on a shin guard to, uh, you know, to to make a guy like uh, like a Dennis Martinez or one of their veteran uh, pitchers. They could use that scuff ball. So yeah, there's always ways around that stuff. Too. There's always stuff like that going on. Yeah, if, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? That's the uh, <laughs> the, the the old adage. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see when Major League Baseball starts cracking down and ex- inspecting pitchers as they come in and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, what happens? Uh, hey, uh, we got to mention uh, just the success that Bobby Bradley has uh, had since coming up, since joining the Indians last Saturday. Uh, so it's been a, a little bit more than a week now. And in those, you know, seven, seven, eight games that he's played in, uh, been very productive, hit a couple of home runs, a couple extra base hits, uh, making contact. I think he's only had two or three strikeouts uh, in the space of a week, which is it's actually very un-Bobby Bradley-like, but uh, it's something that I'm sure the Indians want to see continue. Yeah, you know, I thought he had a great at-bat in the ninth inning Saturday night to kind of spur that comeback. Uh, he, you know, he, he didn't start because uh, Seattle had a lefty on the started at a lefty and, you know, he'd been waiting like two or three hours to pinch hit. And, you know, and instead of, uh, you know, trying to crank the ball out of the park, uh, he blooped the double into right field, uh, you know, where, you know, when he was up two years ago, that was, that was a strikeout. That was a, or a first pitch fly ball. You know, uh, but, uh, you know, showed a lot of discipline there. And, uh, you know, that's what we've seen. We've seen him go the other way, too, Joe. I think, you know, we've seen this kid mature. Hopefully, uh, you know, he can be a spark when this that this offense needs. And especially if if and when, you know, Fran Mill Reyes gets back. Uh, that's a great, uh, you know, she really is going to help the middle of the lineup. And, Joe, I don't know what I, th- I thought he lost weight in spring training, but he looks even thinner now. I don't know what how much he weighs, but he looks in great shape right now. And he's moving like a tight end. I mean, he's flying around the bases. So yeah. yeah. And, and defensively things look like they've, they've really started to come together for him. 
just even on things like as, as simple as a, a, a pop out in foul territories to see him come down the line, call everybody off and, and make a play and just be sort of have a presence there. Uh, really encouraging. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird how, how, you know, how much we question the move to, to keep Bowers over Bradley at the end of spring training and just to see how Bradley has sort of weathered that whole storm and come back and just been, uh, you know, at least in this very small sample of a week, uh, just been exactly what this offense has needed to this point. Yeah. Uh, baseball, you know, baseball kind of really toughens you as a person, you know, I, I think, if you're a if you're a ball player, I mean, you got to get your skin awful thick to uh, you know withstand the ups and downs and the disappointments and uh, you know this has been going on for like three, four, five years for Bradley. They've always had somebody in front of him. He's never been able to make the hurdle, and maybe now now the path is cleared, and maybe now he's he's here to stay for a while. Right. Uh, hey, there was a, a a little bit of conversation over the last week about the. The Indians, uh, you know, new name and the search for a new name and the name change process and, you know, all the hoops that need to, you know, be jumped through for that. Uh, Chris Antonetti talked a little bit about that on Sunday, said that he didn't really, uh, you know, fully understand how involved and how complex the process is uh, until he's been, you know, a part of it and following it and, and all that. Uh, just your take on, on, you know, where we stand with the name change. You know, Joe, I think, you know, we've talked about this before. I think we, I think they're, they're, they've got this list narrowed down a lot to a lot smaller list than we think it's, it's, it is, you know, it's not like, I, I don't think it's a hundred. I think it's less than a hundred, less than 50. I think they're, they're narrowing this down to uh, the name they want. Um, I, I think we're going to hear more about it as the season goes on. Um, the one thing I, I do know is that, you know, they're not going to have a contest where, you know, they put the, the top 10 or top five names out there and let the fans pick. That's not going to happen from what I've been told. I mean, there's too many, you know, complications with, uh, you know, with uh, what, what do they call squatters, uh, squatters rights on, mm -hmm. on uh, trademarking you know, on, and all that. Yeah. yeah on trademarks. So that's not going to happen. Uh, but uh, there's one name that's kind of popped out to me that I've, I've heard and a couple of times, you know, not, I have no knowledge. It's, it, you know, I had no inside thing, but just a name that I kind of like. It's, it's the, the blue waves, the Cleveland blue waves or the waves, you know, the connection between Lake Erie. I, I don't know. That's just uh, something out of all the names I've heard. And I've heard mm -hmm. like hundreds, just like you, you know, that, that, that was a kind of a name that sounded fresh and, and different to me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there you go. Call them the waves. Uh, I, I don't know. I, it's it still has to connect to the to Cleveland's baseball history yeah. and that kind of thing and I don't know if that accomplishes it but hey if that's what you're throwing out there I, I I wouldn't be opposed to it I just you know would like to see what some of the other options are as well too but yeah uh, uh hey before we get going on uh, Saturday before the game uh, the Indians learned uh, the passing of uh, Jim Mudcat Grant uh, one of the legends, uh, you know, all-time great Indian baseball players, uh, pitcher, and, uh, you know, just your your thoughts and, uh, you, you know, how you uh, handled the news when, when you heard that, that Mudcat Grant had passed. Yeah, I, it was, it, that was sad, Joe. That was sad. You know, Mudcat was 85, had lived a, a great life, uh, accomplished a lot. Uh, 
you know, it, it always, it always made me laugh that kind of, I was not laugh, but I was amazed that he, besides, you know, being a, you know, a great baseball player, a great pitcher, uh, that he was a singer too, Mudcat and the Kittens, you know, that was his group. And uh, it just like, it showed you what, what a varied and, and an interesting person he was. And he was a broadcaster, you know, on TV with uh, Harry Jones, did the Indians games and, uh, you know, it was always entertaining, you know, I mean, people, you know, they still do imitations of Mudcat. Nev Chandler had a great <laughs> imitation of Mudcat. Nev would come in the press box and, and entertain us during the games with uh, his, his his imitations of, of Herb Score and Mudcat. It was it was always a blast. Yeah, I, I never realized what a Renaissance man he he really was. And and uh, they have Bobby DiBiazio reading his uh, his poem, his uh, entitled "Life," and it sort of goes through all the positions on the baseball field and. And, and, you know, equates them to, you know, courage and love and religion and laughter and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I just really impressive that uh, a guy who, who was such a, a, a huge part of the Indians organization in their history uh, as a pitcher, um, you know, was, was also a guy who was into, you know, arts and music and, and poetry and things like that. Uh, just uh, all around great guy. And, and he will certainly be missed by the organization. All right, the Indians and the Orioles open up uh, a four-game uh, series tonight at the ballpark. Uh, we'll be there to, to take in J.C. Mejia and, and get uh, an account of, of what he's able to do in his start. And we'll uh, report back to you tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Good to talk to you, Paul. All right, Joe. 